0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whoever you guys want to call it. We're back once again, and I'm with the great Zach Gray. What's going on, man?
1: It is a great day to do a podcast, Jonathan. I missed you, buddy.
0: It's always a great day to, to do a podcast.
1: You didn't miss me? I missed me? you too,
0: man. haven't okay. I, I haven't talked <laughs> to you in a while, man. Yeah, I, I missed you. I missed you. So yeah, so I've been busy. I know you had your first game Saturday. I'll let you. I'll let you. Let let the listeners know what happened.
1: Don't put me on the spot like that, bro. It was Dude, a good it's, game. It's a it was, good thing, though. <laughs> it was my first game of the year, and and it went well. And I'll leave it at that.
0: I got you. That's good, though. It's it, it's exciting times for the for the host of overtime takes over here. I just moved to to Tennessee, so I'm surrounded by all these volunteer fans, and it's it's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's decent.
0: Could be worse. I could be surrounded by, you know, Ohio State Buckeye fans, but...
1: Yeah, you would hate to be around realistic people, I know. <laughs> All
0: right, are you ready for the uh, the list today? We didn't put out a poll. I'm sorry about that. I've been move- I've been busy. It's I've been, been moving busy, and stuff. Man. Usually, I'm the one who does that.
1: It's been busy. So it's we been did- busy in this in it has over, been. over here. And the overtime takes land. I mean, it's been busy. And look at us, still still putting out... Every day when we're supposed to release, I mean, just hang with us. We're we're busy. We're busy, and, and that's what happens when you're busy. And I'm gonna say busy again. That's right. Because I don't think I've said it enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we we decided to go with our top ten underrated players. I went all time, even though I do have some current guys that play as well. So I, I'm excited for today's list. I think we all know one guy that I'm gonna have on the list. I talked about him on Thursday, so. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, and I went with like, so me and Jonathan, we don't really discuss our lists and like the angle we want to take beforehand. And I think that's why our top 10 Tuesdays are so good is because we both take different approaches to it. So he took an all time approach and I took like a current day approach. And I think that I think we might have, there's a good chance we probably don't have any overlap, but I think our reasoning uh, will align on, on why we chose who we chose. So I think this will be a good one.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. So I will let you go first. Who is your, or do you have any honor, honorable mentions? I don't have any.
1: No, I don't have any. I just figured we could get into it.
0: Sounds good. So you, go ahead, go first. Who is your, who's number 10 for you?
1: Um, Just, just before I start, like the way that I kind of, like, I just want to give some insight to the listeners on how I came up with my list. Um, there's going to be some... So that, like it's not really based off like how talented they are like it is to a certain extent but I kind of was going relative to like like the position they play or what sport they play and how much their talent like is underrated or how much how much they contribute is underrated so I kind of took like I kind of took like overall ability aside because there's some guys that aren't Extremely known or extremely like super duper like superstar talented on my list. So I just wanted to clear that up before people jump down my throat on the list. Does that make sense? What I'm saying
0: makes perfect sense. I'm okay. with you.
1: So my number ten is Joe Mixon for the Cincinnati Bengals, and the reason okay. the, that's a good pick. Yeah, the reason why he's at ten is because yes, he led the league in Russia, AFC in rushing, and. Yeah, I, the reason why he's on my list is because I think he's one of the most talented players in the NFL, and I don't think he gets that recognition. I think his shiftiness, his speed, his, his vision, I think it's criminally underrated. I think he's one of the top three backs, definitely in the AFC, maybe in the NFL at this point. I mean, he carried he carried the ball a lot for a bad team last year with a bad offensive line and is still putting up crazy numbers. And I just think, I think the more he plays and the more – um, coverage the Bengals get, especially with Joe Burrow, I think people are going to be like, "Wow, Joe Mixon is is one of the best running backs in the game today." So that's why he's at number ten.
0: That's a good take. I like that take. You had him on your top ten favorite players to watch list as well. So this is the second time we're talking about Joe Mixon. That's a good pick. I like that. That's that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I've got. I think the only current players that I have are baseball players in terms of guys on my list. Okay. See, I I like the Joe Mixon pick. That was good. So, for me at number 10, I'm going way back in the past with a former former Laker who goes by the name of Elgin Baylor, right? So, I have him here because I think he just kind of gets buried by all the other great Laker players. 100%. But for his career... Like, for his career, he averaged 27 and twenty-seven points and 13 rebounds a game. That's that's over the course of his entire career, which is crazy, like, to average those numbers. Because most guys, you know, like, your last three or four years in the league really kind of bring your numbers down because, you know, you're playing, like, 15 minutes a game instead of 40, you know? Right. So the fact that he averaged that for his entire career is really impressive. And, once again, he's on my list because, you know, when you think great Lakers, you, you jump to Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant – Guys like that, and Elgin Baylor kind of comes later, so that's that's why he's on my list.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing about Elgin Baylor that like the reason why his individual talent and his ability is is a little underrated is because even with all those great Laker teams and uh, that came through there, he he was a guy that never won a championship for the Lakers. So that's probably nope, got never did that's probably got something to do with the fact why he's not mentioned as as much of a laker great as some of the other guys you mentioned because i mean the numbers are there um but maybe not winning that championship maybe not winning that championship is is part of that reason so that's interesting
0: totally agree that's yeah that's a good point who you have at number nine
1: man i i'm starting to this i'm starting to show my uh my, like, who I like in the leagues and stuff like that, because this is another guy that I've mentioned before, and you're going to hate this one. <laughs> um, but it's Shea just Alexander. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, explain, man.
1: I mean, <laughs> young guy, super young guy, right? Like, obviously. But Agreed, like, yeah. I think we should be looking at him in the same sense that we view Ja and other other young guards, like... I, th- I think he's on that level, and I don't think people are – I don't know if people are uh, not aware of that or just don't want to see that, but I think he's on that path of like a John Morant type where he could be a multiple-time all-star, fringy superstar guy. Like I'm so high on Shea Gildas-Alexander, and I know he got some buzz this year um, playing with Chris Paul and stuff, but um, – I think he could. I think he's ready to take off into the stratosphere. I really do. I think he's that talented. I think he's that good, and I don't think that's the overall consensus of of Shea at this current moment. I think he's considered a good young player, but I don't think um, people are willing to take that next step with him like I am.
0: Okay. I I get where you're coming from. I think that you know a part of the reason why that is, is because he plays in Oklahoma City right and you know he's not in a big market and I know y'all are thinking well neither is John Morant well John Morant was also the number two overall pick right so I think that he's just not getting as much publicity so I'm gonna go on a limb here and say that because you have Shea Gildas Alexander on your list you're gonna have De'Aaron Fox on your list somewhere as well no I, I would guess no way dude really no I like De'Aaron Fox more than Alexander. But that's See, okay. that's
1: where we disagree. I think we ha- i think the last time we talked about this, we had a little bit of a heated debate. You're a De'Aaron Fox guy. I think if De'Aaron Fox Love was going to was going to pop like that, he would have already done it. Almost like he—not to say he won't be a good player or that he won't develop, but like Shea's doing it in his second year, like popping. I just
0: think he's in a really similar boat. You know, like he's stuck in Sacramento, right? Like. I think that's part of it, but that's, yeah, but that's okay.
1: The Kings have some pieces, but that's not what this is about.
0: It's not. Let's be honest. We will probably never have a podcast that's just about the Sacramento Kings.
1: No, although I'd like to – man, I just wish I wish sports were back so we could talk about – like the Kings are in the bubble, right?
0: They are. They're close to the eight seed right now.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'd love to talk about the Kings playing a game against the Pacers or whatever. I'd love that. Doesn't that sound fun? Same. It's, we're getting there. We're getting honestly, close. I'll
0: honestly, if we talked about the Kings playing against the Timberwolves, I think I'd be happy.
1: <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns fouled seventeen <laughs> times in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> okay, number nine for me. I'm I've got a baseball player on here who goes by the name of Jorge Soler.
1: That's a good pick. I almost so he put had a him big year. Here.
0: He had a he had a big big year last year. He, he hit the forty home runs. And so Jorge Soler was a Cub, originally. And so I saw him when he kind of first broke through, and you could tell immediately like the power was real. I think obviously like, he's not a great defender, but I think he's a better defender than what people give him credit for. So I, I really like him. He's got he's got a lot of juice, and I think he's he's going to be one of the better power hitters in the league for a while. Yeah. So yeah, Jorge Soler, watch out for him.
1: He's just one of those. He's one of those Cubs guys that um, just kind of had to to play in the bigs to figure it out, right? I mean, they didn't give up on Javi. They didn't give up on a couple other guys. The Cubs, but um, they kind of parted ways with uh, with Soler, and it, it looks like he found uh, a decent spot in Kansas City. I mean, a guy that can, like you said, not the greatest defensively, but certainly a little underrated defensively, especially his arm, um, and a guy that can benefit from, um, from playing in the AL. I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter now at the universal DH, but, um, last year, um, definitely a guy that could benefit from playing in the AL.
0: 100% totally agree.
1: Um, so I'll go ahead and, and give mine, mine's also a baseball player. I kind of a similar, kind of similar player, um, different position, but I have Max Kepler at number eight. Um,
0: I almost put him on my list. I was really close, but yeah, that's a good pick.
1: Uh, Thirty-six bombs last year in one hundred and thirty-four games. Um, I mean, in
0: Minnesota as well. Minnesota is not a small ballpark.
1: Well, I mean, Minnesota, all they do is hit home runs and hit extra base hits. I mean, that's literally like I was looking at their team stats, like individually. Everybody had at least twenty-three home runs. It was wild. They set the record last year. That's for ridiculous home runs in a season by a team. They're just ridiculous, but, uh, Max Kepler hitting 32, 32 doubles, 36 home runs. Uh, I mean, having, uh, almost a nine OPS. I mean, at the catcher position, man, like, come on, like, it's time to start thinking of him. I as know. Of, it's time to start thinking he's one of the best uh, right fielder. He's a right fielder. I'm thinking of someone else. Sorry. Um,
0: you're good. You're good.
1: But yeah, I don't know why I said catcher, but it's time to start thinking about him as, as one of the best, like, or one of the up and coming guys, power bats. I mean I would say he's he's definitely better than Joey Gallo at this point.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. You're gonna have some upset Texans fans, but yeah, I agree. And Joey
1: Gallo gets a lot of credit. Texans. I think I think yeah, I know what you were saying. But I think Joey Gallo gets a Rangers. little bit overrated, right? A little like he's really good, yeah, but he gets I'd a little agree. bit overrated and I think Kepler is is better than him and does not get the same recognition. Probably because he plays in Minnesota, and there's a bunch of people, bunch of power bats there. But um, fun fact about him: he's the first German-born player to to really stick in the big league. So shout out Max Kepler.
0: He is. There we go. That's your fun fact of the day. <laughs> so number eight for me is another throwback player, Th- throwback shortstop, Omar Vizquel. I was gonna say eleven-time Gold Glover. Yeah, eleven-time Gold Glover. He won nine straight gold gloves, which is just ridiculous, right? And not a bad hitter. Uh, career 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 batting average is .270. He only hit 80 home runs in his career. But when you win nine straight gold gloves, I don't really think they care about how many home runs you hit.
1: Nope.
0: It's especially back, like, when he played.
1: He's so much better than Jeter. It's not even funny.
0: I agree. Like, Derek Jeter is – Quite possibly the most overrated baseball player ever.
1: He is. No, it's not quite possible. He is. I'm glad we got this he's in just, today.
0: Yeah the the Derek J the Derek Jeter hate here is real.
1: <laughs> anti Derek Jeter podcast.
0: Very very anti Derek Jeter today. I'm not a Jeter guy. I've got another shortstop on my list that I think you're gonna like. He, he's a current guy. See, so yeah, I'm he's coming up too. I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear your your take on when I drop his name. Um, yeah. So number eight, Omar Vizquel.
1: His Instagram videos are still cool, even at his age, doing all the the hands drills and hand work with with uh, younger players is still really? really cool to watch.
0: Yes, it is. Um, totally agree. So who, who do you have at number seven?
1: You're gonna hate this one too. You're gonna absolutely hate it. And it, it it doesn't on paper it doesn't make sense. This is one of those rare instances where I'm not using stats as my basis of my argument. But number seven, Sammy Watkins. <laughs>
0: Sammy Watkins is a good wide receiver. I like Sammy Watkins.
1: That's what I'm saying. I think, especially in the situation he's in now, it is imperative that he is, he is that number three option or maybe number four option, whatever whatever Hardiman Miracle Hardiman becomes. But I think Sammy Watkins is a big piece to that offense because I think I think he's just another weapon that you have to worry about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's just a numbers totally game agree. at that point. Like he's dangerous. He was dangerous. You saw in times last year where he was dangerous. And I think he just adds uh, talent to that offense. And I think that um, he's one of those underappreciated guys that makes that entire crazy offense work. And I'm that's why I put him at seven. I think, I think he's, I think he just does things maybe not numbers-wise, but schematically and, and the numbers, like I said, on defense to, to where you have to account for him, and that leaves you with either one-on-one coverage with Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, that's why he's on my list.
0: I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a really good pick. I think that, you know, like you said, part of the reason why I think he's underrated is because he is the number three. The other thing that I would say, though, about Sammy Watkins is I don't think he's a one. I think at best he's a two, which goes right along with what you're saying. Like, he's, he's in the perfect situation right now. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. That's, that's a good pick.
1: I didn't think you'd like that.
0: I like, Dude, I'm – I love Patrick Mahomes. And, look, I think that – I probably don't like it as much as you do. I think you're right about that. I just think that it's a little easier when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes throwing it to you. But at the same time, I've got a wide receiver further down on my list – who Peyton Manning used to throw to, so I kind of can't use that card. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I, I like the pick. I, I'm a Sammy Watkins guy. He wouldn't. He wasn't great. I believe he was r- originally drafted by Buffalo. Yeah, he had but a thousand again, yard Then again, like when season. was the last time Buffalo had a great receiver?
1: He had That's a thousand true. yard season with but like Buffalo, one? but then he had some injuries, and I I really thought he was going to fall off. But he, he, thank God, he found a. A perfect fit I mean some you know you know those guys those really talented guys that look like they're going to fall out of the league or they just don't have the right situation I mean Sammy Watkins was a guy out of college I'm sure everyone was what can agree was like exciting like people were excited another Clemson receiver yes. like DeAndre Hopkins had just came in like popped and and we had Mike Williams on the rise and, and then right in between there you have Sammy Watkins another receiver a big threat that that has some speed and can go catch a ball and then he doesn't quite pan out in Buffalo and then he gets a a perfect shot in in Kansas City and it looks like he's going to be there for uh be able to stick there for a little bit.
0: Which is good. And you know, this is something that people just don't really talk about. Like there's so many really talented guys who fall out of the league just cuz they don't fit where they're at, right? Like fit is so important to being able to stick around in any professional sport. 100%. So yeah, that that's a good pick. So my number seven talked about him on Thursday. Paul Gasol, I love Paul Gasol probably more than other people, just because I think that you know, he he was a stretch four before stretch fours were really a big deal, and he was so important for those last two Kobe championships, and I just don't think that he gets the credit that he deserves. And like he's a career eighteen and ten guy, and I just don't know how you don't like that, you know?
1: Yeah, you had to put him on your list. I understand that's a good pick. I can't I can't disagree with that, but. Um but yeah, if you guys want to want to hear a uh, deep dive on Pau Gasol, last week's podcast has that. So um but yeah, I yes. agree with Pau Gasol. And it's
0: very deep. We talked about <laughs> pa- we talked about Pau Gasol for a minute last week on Thursday. <laughs> so yeah, go go listen to that if you want all the the details on Pau Gasol. I am pretty sure I ran through his numbers and he was yeah, he he was big time, especially in the uh in those NBA finals.
1: Yeah, so pause this episode go back find that and then you'll hear our takes on Paul Gasol and then come back and f- you'll finish the list
0: Sounds good. So, <laughs> who is your number 6?
1: Um <laughs> mine is a guard uh for the Portland Trail Blazers. Want to take guess which one?
0: See I I want to say Damian Lillard, but I I wouldn't consider him underrated. So, CJ McCollum cuz yep. he is underrated. He's a great he's a great guard. Yep, I love C.J. I love McCallum. watching him play.
1: Yeah, I mean the guy's a legitimate 21 points per game scorer in the league. Um, efficient as all hell. Like, just a guy that, that if if he was in a bigger spotlight would, would have mo- more, um, like, just more aura about him. And I don't know. I, I think it's a popular take to say he's underrated. But for some reason, he's still underrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a hunch on why I think he's underrated.
1: I think there is so, a point there you where you look around the league. Real quick. Go ahead,
0: go ahead. Real quick. It. I think
1: there is a point there where there was a discussion on if McCollum was better than Lillard and then it just kinda obviously Lillard took off, but yeah.
0: So I think that CJ McCollum is underrated because of how he scores. Right? So like when we look when we look around the NBA today, like it's all about, you know, the, the three point shot, right? Where C.J. McCollum has – he's a little more mid-range, right? So he's a little more old school. And I think that's part of the reason because, you know, like when you think about great shooting guards in the NBA, the first people that come to your mind are like are the great shooters, right? Like Klay Thompson comes to mind. Like it's, when, you, when you say shooting guard in the NBA, Clay Thompson is the first person that comes to mind. I don't think he's the best shooting guard in the NBA, but I just think that he symbolizes what people want from their shooting guards. You know, a guy who can, who can, who can knock down a three-pointer and play great defense. And I just don't think CJ McCollum fits that mold and that's why people don't like him as much as some of these other guys.
1: Yeah, that's super fair. I didn't I I you ever have you ever like try to explain something and like you know what you want to say, you just can't like put it in the right terms, and then someone comes along and, and literally says what you're thinking. That's what you just did.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: So that's just, <laughs> just good co hosting all around there.
0: Really, yeah. So we're on number six, right?
1: Um. Yeah. I ju- yeah. Yeah. We are.
0: Okay. So number six for me. He's a shortstop who plays today. Do you have any guesses? I. I think you can guess this guy.
1: Andrelton Simmons.
0: No. Even though I do like him, I like him a lot.
1: Because I almost put him on my so list. So
0: this. Marcus Simeon is who I have on mine. Whoa. Love Marcus Simeon. He's a great shortstop, but he plays in Oakland. Probably not as good as as Olsen is at first base, and I think that Olsen kind of overshadows him a bit. Plus, you got Matt Chapman as well on the same side of the diamond. But Marcus Simeon was third in MVP voting a few years ago. Great defender, can swing it. So, yeah, Marcus Simeon is six.
1: That's good. I mean – I remember Marcus Simeon coming up um, and the big the big knock on him was his defense and since then he's gotten increasingly an almost like elite level defender now which is crazy to think about considering what he came in as and the dude could always hit he he could stroke and so seeing yeah. him put seeing him put it together is is i it's kind of a name i forgot about but yeah he's he's a young guy too a younger guy i don't know if he's like Young, young, but a guy that still has probably a prime ahead of him, and that's an exciting pick. I like that.
0: Yeah, he's probably about twenty six, twenty seven, if I had to guess. That's that'd be my guess in terms of his age.
1: Yeah. No, I like that a lot. See, the A's don't get a six. lot. The A's don't get a lot of uh, of recognition. So they're. I mean, you probably could have put Matt Chapman or Matt Olson on there as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. And here's why they they don't get a lot of recognition right? It's because there are rich teams and there are poor teams, and then there's fifty feet of crap, and then there's the Oakland As
1: <laughs> moneyball <laughs> reference top ten movie of all time top ten sports movie of all time
0: agreed one hundred percent go listen to that top ten so, Tuesday, back to well. you yeah, oh, speaking of that top ten Tuesday, did you see the results for the poll
1: yeah you're just you just pander. That's all you do. You, you no original thoughts, no original thoughts. Just just trying to pander to it to an audience and a crowd. I actually I actually whatever. don't care what what people say. Unlike you, so
0: <laughs> whatever, man. You won the battle. All right, back to you. at Number five. Number five here. Who, you, who do you have? You
1: you aren't hip to this guy, and I keep trying to get you on the bandwagon. Number five is Luis Castillo.
0: I love Luis Castillo. What are you talking about?
1: I came out. Wait, no, no, no! I'm
0: thinking of the wrong guy. I'm thinking of the wrong guy. I'm thinking of the Cincinnati Reds um, starter. They're ace. I'm thinking of um, man, I'm blanking. Second baseman for the Mets. Right field for the Cubs. Yeah, no, he played. He played right field for the Cubs. He got traded from somewhere, and then the the Reds signed him this year. He plays outfield. Huh? Why am I blanking on his name? Oh my gosh! It's gonna drive me crazy if I can't. He 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 played for the Tigers.
1: Castellanos?
0: And then he, yes, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. Like I said, it's it's been a long past couple <laughs> days for me. Yeah, Luis Castillo.
1: Um. Yeah, but go I, ahead. We talked about him on an earlier pod, and I said he he has all the makings of being one of the best pitchers in baseball. And um, I don't think people are I I don't think people know that, which is why obviously he's on my list. But I just want to go through and make the claim for Luis Castillo. He had a three, four ERA in his third year in the league, 15 and eight on a team that struggled offensively. Um, I know it's pretty and good. Losses, yeah. I know wins and losses aren't the the big thing, but, um, he pitched for a 26 year old in the prime of his career. He almost pitched 200 innings and that's almost, I mean, unless you're an absolute workhorse, you don't get even close to 200 innings nowadays. Um, and he had 226 strikeouts in those 190 innings with only 79 walks and the walks are the problem. But I mean, when you're striking out that many guys and not giving up a whole bunch of runs and not giving up a whole bunch of hits, that's, that's the making of a superstar. Like it only takes, it only takes for a couple of those walks to turn into outs or strikeouts for him to be 17 and five or whatever, you know, and, and have a, a two, five ERA or a, a sub, just like, you know what I mean? Like, like, and he's only getting better. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think the more he learns how to pitch and being around the staff that he's around now, and especially with the pitching coach that they have and, and the other guys they have in place that, that really care about like pitching. I think he's, I think he's going to be one of the best ever and I best ever best in the league. And I think that he has a chance to, to really turn some heads this year and next year. And I don't think people are ready or even realize that he's coming up like that.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. I think that a part of that is because he does play for the Reds, and they've been down these past couple of years. But yeah, what we'll, 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 we'll see. I'm the more I hear you talk about him, the more optimistic about him I get. So we'll see. I'm obviously I'm hoping he isn't as good as you think he's going to be because you know I am a, a Cubs fan. But yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm definitely I'm, I'm looking forward to baseball season, man. Like July 23rd, it starts. And yeah, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, I'll definitely have to watch him pitch a little more than what I usually do in these past few years. But yeah, I'm I'm optimistic to how Luis Castillo is going to end up being after hearing you kind of talk about him <clears throat> over these past since the since you came on the pod. So yeah, L- Luis Castillo, I'm gonna have to watch out for him. Absolutely. So my number five is a guy that I just don't know how he ended up being underrated. His name is Jason Taylor. So he played defensive end for the Miami Dolphins. He's a big reason why I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. So he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, who is seventh all time in sacks, with 139 and a half. And for some reason, like this guy's just like we talk about great pass rushers, like this guy just doesn't come up ever. And I I've, I think I know why. But at the same time, I don't because, like, he, he breaks into the league. He, he's a third-round pick out of Central Michigan, if I remember correctly. And he kind of struggles out of the gate. And then something happens in, like, year, years three and four. And he just kind of erupts. Like, he has a year where he has, like, 18 and a half sacks, which is ridiculous. And then, like, he was all uphill from there. Like, he just dominated the league until he retired, basically. And he's just never mentioned whenever we talk about, like, the great pass rushers.
1: Why do you think that is?
0: I don't know. I think maybe part of it is because he played in Miami and I think they only made the playoffs two or three times when he was when he played for them. And you know like that's that's a big part of it like I think a part of the reason like why guys are big names is just cuz they're on good teams, right? Like like Alex Jeter. Caruso, like everybody knows who he is because he plays for the Lakers, right? But if he played for I don't know, the I Kings, mean, we wouldn't know who he was. Yeah, him too. Jeter yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's IG your <laughs> podcast. No, I agree with you. I think yeah, the team so, that they play for is probably not right that it's like that, but that's probably just how it is.
0: You know, it's, it's understandable, right, because they, they put the better teams on TV, especially you know, back then when you didn't have things like League Pass and uh, NFL Sunday Ticket and things like that. So I'm, I'm understanding of it. I just wish that he got a little more love, you know?
1: Yep. That's fair you had to get your dolphin in there and I think that's that's the that's the one to pick
0: really yeah like top, top ten sacks all time really close to being sixth on the list I think he's like a sack and a half away so yeah he's he's really good he's one of my favorite players ever big reason why I love football like I wanted to play defensive end when I was a kid because of Jason Taylor all right so imagine four foot ten 80 pound eight year old Jonathan Smith. Trying to play defensive end in, in in Pop Warner football.
1: Finesse move 99, <laughs> power move zero.
0: That's right. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, who do you have at number four?
1: I have a quarterback. It's my only quarterback on the list, and it's Teddy B.
0: Good pick. I don't have a quarterback on my list, but that's a really good pick. Yeah, I don't I- think people – he's going to be really good this year.
1: He just wins, man, and people are like – I mean, I know he had the injury, and I know that's a reason to maybe have some pause, but, I mean, look what he did with the Saints, and look what he's done since the injury and even before the injury, and now look at the the situation he's being put in with the what I would call probably one of the better offensive minds in, in all of football, Matt Rule, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I think he could so, be – I think he's definitely a, a quarterback that, that can win you 10 games every year. And I don't think that's that's. What
0: I agree. I don't. I don't think that'll happen this year, just because their division is so tough. But at the same time, like, don't be surprised if the Buccaneers get like a three seed because they can't beat Carolina. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Carolina could definitely ruin some team seasons this year. And what do you think about comparing Teddy Bridgewater to Drew Brees? I think they're pretty similar, in just kind of the way that they play. A little more precision than you know, throwing bombs down the field, super accurate. So, what do you kind of think about that comparison? Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's a pretty fair one.
1: I think at this point, yeah, it's it's pretty similar. I think at this point, though, Teddy has the ability to push it a little more down the field than Drew Brees does, which is why I think, yeah, why I think people don't realize. Like, yes, he he, as much shit as as Kirk Cousins gets, I don't think. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater gets enough I think they're on the opposite side of the spectrum, you know what I mean? But I think Teddy Bridgewater is just as good as Kirk Cousins. And I don't you know what I mean? Like I think
0: Yeah, and Kirk Cousins is probably underrated as well. He didn't make my list, but I saw his numbers the other day and like the past two seasons he's thrown like fifty six touchdowns and only like eight picks or something crazy like that. But we don't like Kirk Cousins just because he can't win in the playoffs.
1: Which is a part of it. Back to
0: Teddy Bridgewater.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I so, agree. like, I think, like, I think Teddy Bridgewater is like, it, I think he's on that level. I think he's on that Kirk Cousins level with the ability to win games in the playoffs. Like, that's that's I why agree. I think he's underrated. That's that was the point I was trying to make. I don't know if I articulated that well enough, but that was essentially what I was saying. I think he's on that level, and I think he's actually can get past that level, um, just in the wins and losses category. I don't know about the stats, like, but. I mean if you if you do the right things I mean Tom Brady has shown it that you don't have to lead the league in passing every year to win um, there's more to it than that so yep
0: totally agree see that's a good pick Teddy Bridgewater that's a great pick I wasn't even thinking about him to put on my list so I've got a guy who played for the Jaguars and if you can guess who this who this guy's going to be Fred Taylor i'll I'll give you a hundred dollars who Fred Taylor it is Fred Taylor. That's pretty good. I guess I owe you hundred bucks now.
1: <laughs> that's that's in that's in writing or not writing. That's in spoken word. Everyone hears it's, that. It's, it's
0: recorded. Yeah, it's, it's recorded. So Fred Taylor had seven thousand rushing yard seasons. Is seventeenth all time in yards per carry at four point six. That's that's almost five yards a carry, man. That's ridiculous. Right? And then he's 35th all time in scrimmage yards, and that was before you know we had guys like Christian McCaffrey who were kind of built to catch balls out out of the backfield. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah Fred, Fred Taylor at four, like only I think he only made like two or three Pro Bowls, but he was one of the best running backs in the he league for a while. He made one
1: Pro Bowl. It's it's ridiculous.
0: It is. He's one of the best the, backs of all time. he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's
1: he's accumulated yeah, enough I, stats to be one of the best running backs of all time.
0: I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame either.
1: No. It's And it's, he should be. It's ridiculous. Like he
0: he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's cuz he played for the Jaguars. Yep. But, I mean, it's I think that's that's the recurring thing we're getting here is just it's where these guys play in these smaller markets like outside of you know Elgin Baylor and Pau Gasol for me, everybody else has been on a either a bad team or a small market team.
1: Yep, I think we found a theme here.
0: That's good. That's, yeah.
1: <laughs> Research during the podcast, so that's good. Uh, put this in the science yeah. section as well as the sports
0: section. Sounds yeah. <laughs> good. We, we can do that.
1: <laughs> My number three is off right, the wall. So now we're.
0: My number three is. is it now? Crazy. So is mine.
1: It, okay. It, he plays for the Nets right now.
0: Plays for the Nets.
1: And he's a guard.
0: Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep. Love Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes. Please talk about Dinwiddie. I love him, man.
1: He's just, I don't know. I feel like he's he's a younger guy. I mean, he's 27 years old. He's only been in the league for, for like four seasons, or four or five seasons now, and he's at the point now where this year he was averaging 20, about 21 a game and about seven assists a game. And like, I mean, if you compare that to, to McCollum, it's right there. And that's why I gave that precursor at the beginning of, of, of the, the list about how I, how I perceived it. Cause McCollum's kind of that fringy guy that, that people were like, he's a star, but he doesn't get treated like a star. Dinwiddie's a role player. That that should be treated a little better. You know what I mean? It's just how they're perceived.
0: I agree. So I'm gonna make a pretty crazy take right here. I think that the Nets would be better off if they got rid of Kyrie and just played Dinwiddie at the one.
1: Kyrie's Kyrie isn't a isn't a good fit anywhere, is he?
0: He's not. He's just he's too ball centric. He thinks he's a one, but he's he's a two. And I think that you see that early on in his career when it's just him in Cleveland. And then even, you know, in Boston, it's obvious that he's not a one. He's just being elite, like, in terms of, like, give me a bucket kind of guy, sure. But in terms of just being a leader in the locker room, he's not. You know, and now you're going to try and tell me that Kyrie's going to want to share his shots with Kevin Durant? And Spencer I don't, I don't think so, you know. Woody too, right? Yeah, and. Yeah, I just I I get rid of Kyrie. I wouldn't want Kyrie anywhere near my franchise if I was anybody.
1: And Dinwiddie's gonna get paid too.
0: He, and he should because he's he's a great player. Like he's 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 an all star caliber player.
1: Hundred percent. And I that's he's on. The, he that's why I said like he's on that McCollum level. But I think McCollum and Dinwiddie are underrated in different ways. But they they are almost identical this year.
0: Yeah, totally agree. That's that's a good pick. So my number three is a former net. Could you possibly guess who he is? He he, he no longer plays.
1: Um, Andre Karolinko.
0: No, that's a good. I, I guess that's 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 not a bad guess. It's Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson's number three on my list. So seven time All Star. I, I saw Joe like. He was a He was a superstar when he was with the Nets. Like he had the little stretch where he had all those game winners in that one season. And like he was the one with Kevin Garnett on the same team and Paul Pierce, right? And look, you know, like I'm not high on those guys, but I know everybody else is. So I, I felt like I had to say that. <laughs> so he had eight straight years, averaging seventeen or more points. And five out of those seven years was like 22 or more, right? Uh, seven-time All-Star, just like he, – he was six-eight and he played shooting guard. So that didn't tell you like how – what kind of like a freak he was physically. And he was just like – like if he was bigger than a guy, he, he'd just go post him up and score. And then you'd go put somebody big on him, and he'd either shoot over him or he'd go buy him. So he's just he was just such a tough matchup just because of how great he was physically. So, yeah, Joe Johnson at number three for me.
1: That's a good one.
0: I'm honestly surprised that you said that. I thought for sure there's going to be some you're biased because he played for Arkansas kind of thing.
1: No, Joe Johnson was good. I don't think Joe Johnson ever got the respect. Even when he was in Atlanta, like, it was like Josh Smith got all the hype.
0: And I don't know why because Josh Smith is terrible. I hated Josh Smith.
1: Josh Smith was cool, though. Could not
0: stand watching him play. He was cool.
1: He shot so many threes for no reason.
0: Shot way too many. Like that was the biggest problem with him. Like he thought he was a great shooter when he was a terrible one.
1: He could have been like a like an Aaron Gordon type if he'd had stopped shooting. Or like a Draymond yeah, Green. I totally type agree. With more athleticism.
0: Yeah, he'd have been good at it too. Yeah, I agree. Could he could block shots too.
1: He would have some I crazy mean, yeah, I, blocks. I agree.
0: He would. He was he's a freak.
1: Bouncy. Super bouncy. Are we on to number two now? Speaking of
0: bouncing, okay, quick story. So I went and played basketball last night.
1: Oh
0: and so we lowered the goal down to like we lowered the goal down to eight and a half so so we could dunk. So you could dunk. Excuse me, so so other people so other people could dunk. So you could dunk. Okay. Man, come on now.
1: You can't get net. But yeah, you're right.
0: Anyway. What I can dunk on a nine foot goal easily. What do you mean? (laughs) Come on now.
1: You're out of your gourd. (laughs)
0: You don't think I... Bro, do you not remember when I was grabbing the rim my freshman year when we went and played ball ball in the gym? No, I
1: do not remember. Do you not recall. remember that?
0: Man, that sucks. Because I remember you defended me. Because I, I jumped up and I, I grabbed the rim. And I told Avery that I grabbed the rim. And you were like, no, you didn't. And then you looked at him and said, yeah, Avery, Jonathan just grabbed the rim. But that's okay. People... <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, so... I I spin baseline fake news, and th- this guy's he comes over late, and bro, I went up. I was about to yam on this dude, bro, and then uh, I lost the ball. I was really disappointed.
1: <laughs> That's a terrible story.
0: <laughs> I was so upset, man.
1: Like, I you were I, I fell say to my knees crazy, and just. But I lost the ball. Turnover. No,
0: dude, I lost the ball, man. I threw it out of bounds. I, I tried to dunk it a little too hard, I guess.
1: Oh, you got up? Or you just you on your way up you lost it. You just didn't have big enough hands.
0: Like like I went to dunk it and I can I can borderline palm a ball. If like you know what I mean? Like like sometimes like like if I hold it for too long it'll slip out of my hand kind of thing. And it's like I went to like I had it and like I was starting to come down and it just slipped out of my hand. I was so upset, man. That's tough. Yeah.
1: What are you gonna do? All the though? girls
0: were watching too. Yeah, we're gonna come back tonight and ho- and hopefully dunk on the kid because I, I think we're gonna try and play again tonight.
1: You should just try to be fundamentally sound.
0: That's like when you play on a ten foot goal. That's usually what I try and do. But you know, like when, when you when you lower the, when you lower the goal, like the only goal is to really dunk on somebody.
1: That's true. I want to uh, at one time in my life. I want to I want to catch a lob on someone. And dunk one, but I don't think that's ever gonna happen.
0: I mean, come down to the Delph and we we can make it happen. <laughs> I'll I'll throw you a lob, and and you can dunk on T Lang. How's that sound?
1: God, that would be a bad thing for me. That ball, I would get absolutely stuffed, and then I would fall and break my neck. Like there's no getting over him. He's a he's a freak.
0: <laughs> he is. He is, man. I remember the first time, like I shook his hand. Like his hands are huge. That's why he's such a good pitcher and he gets so much movement on his slider. But anyway, that's that's story for another for another time. Who's uh, who's your number two?
1: Uh, Kettle Marte,
0: second baseman slash center fielder slash, slash shortstop. Anything for the yeah. Diamondbacks?
1: Yeah, um,
0: that's a good pick. I like that pick. He he was an All Star this last year, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, I mean he had an unbelievable year last year. Almost had a a thousand OPS 36 home runs or 32 home runs, 36 doubles. I mean, age 25 season right into his prime. Like, um, I don't know why he didn't get uh, more recognition coming up. I mean, uh, as he was young, 21, 22, 23, you could kind of tell he was, he was getting good. Um, the power never really came through until this year. And I think that's the the thing that, is going to differentiate him because before this in the other four seasons, he had two home runs, one home run, five home runs. And then the year before last, he had 14. And then this year he pops off with a 32 at age 25. Um, I mean, potential MVP candidate. I'm going to say it.
0: Really? Yeah. Do you think he juiced?
1: No, I just think he figured out how to hit. I'm
0: just kidding. Yeah, I agree. So I, I saw him hit – okay, so last summer – so last year I was in Dallas playing summer ball, and I went to a Rangers game and saw Cattell Marte hit one of the furthest balls I've ever seen hit. Like he just – I like third deck just ridiculously, like just absolutely demolished this ball. And I was just like, yeah, that, that guy's really good at baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean – it's wild that you can go from no power numbers to power numbers, but it really does take time to figure it out, and I really think that's the difference in in his previous years to now and probably what's to come.
0: I agree, yeah, especially with where the game's going, like if you're gonna be a premier player m v p candidate kind of guy like you got to hit thirty plus home runs,
1: yeah. I mean, he hit 330 last year, too. Like I said, almost 1,000 OPS. That's pretty good. 7.2 war last year. He'll take that. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll take that any day of the week. (laughs) So, here's here's my number two. So, I, I knew I wanted this guy on my list when we decided to do this top 10 Tuesday. And in my mind, this guy was like top 15 receiver all time kind of guy, right? And then I start looking at his numbers. And after looking at his numbers, this guy is a top five wide receiver of all time. Can I guess? And you, go ahead.
1: You said something about somebody throwing a Peyton Manning and originally I wanted yes. to say Reggie Wayne, but I think you I think you're going Marvin Harrison.
0: I am going Marvin Harrison. So he's got over a thousand career receptions. I'm
1: two for two on guesses today. That's freaking awesome.
0: You are two for two on guesses today. I, I'm I'm two for two as well, right? I guess McCollum and uh and, and Dinwiddie.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: So this is this is a, this is a good, good day for guesses, except <laughs> yours, yours are a little tougher because we're going all-time guys as opposed to just guys who play now. So 1,000 career receptions, over 14,000 receiving yards for his career, which I think he only played 15 years, 14 years. It may not have even been that long. And then his fifth all-time in touchdown receptions, which just shocked me at one hundred and twenty eight. And I just I remember watching him growing up, and obviously like an eight year old watching football is very different from a twenty year old watching football. And I just remember him like being really fast and catching everything. I I don't remember all the touchdowns that he had, and I always just I just remember Reggie Wayne being Reggie Wayne and Dallas Clark being more of the the red zone guys just because they were bigger. But yeah, he had one hundred twenty eight career touchdowns, which is fifth all time. It's it's two behind Chris Carter, who had one hundred and thirty. So, yeah, Marvin Harrison is a top five wide receiver of all time, and he doesn't get any any of the nod in that conversation.
1: I agree. I didn't know those stats, but just based off that, I mean, I think I agree. Um, fun fact, his son's going to Ohio State. Top 100 player going to Ohio State. <laughs> what's new, right? I, <laughs> am I, am I right? Am yeah, I right? That's, yeah. what, What's new? <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Marvin Harrison, not only so, yeah. for what he did on the football field, but. Shout out to Marvin Harrison Jr. who's gonna be a buckeye. So had to make this about me. Sorry, Jonathan.
0: You're good, man. So I, I'm I'm gonna say something. So I just think that when you see these former NFL players' sons go play places, that just speaks to like how great those programs are and how great the head coaches there are, right? Because when you recruit a kid whose parents played like high school sports their outlook is very different, right? From like a from a from an athletic standpoint. Whereas, like if you're gonna get Marvin Harrison's son to come play for you, you gotta win over Marvin Harrison, right? Which isn't easy to do. And so I just think that that speaks to how great some of these programs are, right? Like like Thaddeus Moss went and played at LSU. Like that's all you gotta know about LSU because that means that they impressed Randy Moss enough for him to be like, hey, like LSU is probably one of the better places for you to go,
1: right? So that just, I mean, does Arkansas so, get yeah. any of those guys? Just for just I just want to know.
0: I I honestly I haven't been keeping up with recruiting just say that much. No. It's just depressing. You know
1: it's a no. Just say no.
0: I I know it is, <laughs> but watch out for Arkansas basketball this year.
1: Gosh, <laughs> here we go. It's every it's, single season. Oh my goodness.
0: It's it's the first time in my life I've been more excited for college basketball than college football because of how good Arkansas is going to be this next year. Dude, I hear Number this five recruiting class in the country. Year. About basketball?
1: About every single Arkansas team, and they never win anything, dude. I'm sick of it.
0: You don't hear it from me. It's very rare for me to be like, hey, Arkansas is going to be really good because, like, football, my expectation is for us to go – this year is just for us to hopefully win all of our non-conference games outside of Notre Dame. That's kind of my hope for this year. But basketball, I'm telling you, man, Arkansas basketball should be really good.
1: Round of thirty two exit. I'm calling it. Put it down.
0: I don't know, man. Coach Musselman's got it down. He was supposed to nut. be the he's he was supposed to be the John Calipari replacement after he retired.
1: Whatever. I'm so sick. Look it at up. Arkansas. I hate when they say, oh, we're going to be good this year, and then barely... they were supposed to be good last year. Isaiah Joe was the, the next LeBron James, and uh, they didn't even make the tournament. So,
0: Who said that? Well, no, nobody made the tournament.
1: Well, I mean, they wouldn't have made the tournament.
0: They might have made the tournament. No, they had like 22 stop. wins. But anyway, who's your number one?
1: Gosh, you pissed me off, Jonathan. Like We were having such a good podcast. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just kidding. But my number one is the most talented player in Major League Baseball. Any guesses?
0: I mean, the most talented player in Major League Baseball is Mike Trout, but I don't. That's I don't think not that's true. Him.
1: <laughs> the most talented player in Major League Baseball is Shohei Otani.
0: Yeah, that was that's yeah that's that's fair. Yeah, I like that.
1: I mean, why is he not you considered think he's underrated? Why is he not considered one of the best baseball players? Like. If not the best baseball player in in major leagues in the major leagues, he does both at the at a really really high level. He pitches and hits at above average levels, almost great levels,
0: yeah, that's fair. I think that the hard thing for me is just because so when he first got called up right because I don't did he even play minor league ball or did they just throw him straight in the majors? I'm pretty sure that they just threw him straight,
1: yeah, they did straight, I think. straight to the majors, right
0: yeah so. So when so like there's all this buzz around him, right? And I remember I'm watching ESPN, and it's um, Ken Rosenthal, I believe that's his name, who's doing the uh, the reporting or whatever, and basically has this report that like scouts around the league have Shohei Otani has like as like a high A baseball player. It's like like that's how good they thought he was at the time, right? And so that has always kind of stuck with me. And I sat down and watched him play, and I was like, you know, these, these scouts aren't very smart. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's a good pick. I like that pick. I mean this is his third year there's, there's,
1: this'll be his third year. He's twenty six years. Like he does both really well. Like to like almost great. And that I mean that's it's it's great to be really good at one side, but I mean we've we've in my lifetime haven't seen someone that can do both. And not only do both, but do both well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a good pick. So my number one former NBA player, Rick Fox. Yeah, <laughs> um, top ten scorer all time, I believe. I think he's nine or ten. He may be eleven now, though. No, Carmelo's way higher than that. You <laughs> said he's top like, ten, you didn't specify. Yeah. I said I said like like nine, ten, or eleven. He's somewhere in there. I know he's one of those three. One of those three spots. This guy's a 12 time all star, three time three time MVP. So from 1979 to 1987, averaged 25 and 14.
1: Kevin McHale.
0: He played for the Sixers. No. Played for the Sixers for a while. That's probably where he's most known at. I don't know. Moses Malone.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. My dad loved Moses Malone.
0: Great player. Like, just dominant. So when I was, I was doing my research or whatever. And so he averaged 25 and 14 from like 1979 to, to 1987. And some guy on Twitter was like, yeah, nobody's averaged those numbers since then or something like that, which I didn't look into that. Cause I'm sure somebody has like Anthony Davis, maybe, maybe DeMarcus cousins when he was early on with the Kings was close. But yeah, Mo- Moses Malone is number one for me. Cause like when we talk about like greatest big man ever, you know, like Moses Malone never really comes up, you know, he's, like I said, you know, 12-time All-Star, three-time MVP, and just absolutely dominant on the boards and could obviously score. So, yeah, Moses Malone is my number one guy.
1: That's a really good one. It's hard It's hard when we – it, the top, like, two or three that we have, like, at the end, like, they're normally so good because – and it's just hard to, like – what am I going to say? Moses Malone is really good. Like, you know what I mean? Like – but yeah, you're right. Though. Exactly, you're yeah. right. People do people don't don't think of him in the same light as as other people that are probably worse than him or have le- uh, lesser numbers or even um, not as many accomplishments. So yeah, I think I think you're one hundred percent spot on.
0: Thank you. That's that's what I like to hear. I always feel good whenever you agree with my picks.
1: I don't think just I disagreed I once just, today, did I? Which is rare.
0: I don't think you did. I think you you were surprised by my, my Simeon pick. Which is okay because I, I still think that you, you agreed with it. So yeah, I was I was nervous about the Joe Johnson one, especially since I had him at three. Like I feel like he definitely deserved to be on here. I just thought that maybe three was a little high.
1: Yeah, maybe a little high, but still it did it it, it it fits there. It works.
0: See, so, yeah, I I liked your list. You know, you had your your, your Alexander moment, which is okay. I guess he's not that bad,
1: <laughs> dude. Watch out for Shea. I'm telling you.
0: I hope you're right, man, because I don't know what it is, but like when OKC's good, the NBA is more fun, which is weird because like most of the time it's like fans. when the Lakers are good, the NBA is more fun. They do, they do have they have great fans. I totally agree with that. That's probably part of it. So, so yeah, that's that was Top Ten Tuesday. Let me think here. Go follow us on Twitter at ot takes. the The Twitter's growing, man. We had like five or six new followers last week. Yeah, it was, I know. It's pretty cool. We got to make my, sure my we phone stay kept on buzzing. That. Yeah, we do. So, are, are we going to put out another poll this week? Of who? I don't think I don't think we could do a comparison poll this week for whose top ten was better, since we kind of w- went by a different criteria.
1: Yeah, that's fine. We need to. Um, we need a new new batch of top tens. So, if you have any suggestions, we do. let us know.
0: Yeah, let us know. And T Lang, I know you're listening, but we need you on here, man. Like, we need T Lang on for a Top Ten Tuesday.
1: Yeah, we need to make it. We need to make it. Uh, we need to do something off the wall for when he comes on.
0: Yeah. So T Lang, like, let us know when you're free. Like top ten flavors we, we we of ice cream cream or something. <laughs> yeah, something crazy like that. So. What if we did like top ten like sports scenes ever like in movies or something?
1: Top ten Drake songs.
0: I don't know. <laughs> is is T Lang a, a Drake guy? I don't know if he is.
1: No, but I remember for a while he was he was on a big Khalid trip. He loved him some Khalid.
0: <laughs> He's got a couple good songs. I won't I won't knock T Lang too too much for that one.
1: T-Lang's a big softy. People don't realize that.
0: Yeah, well, he doesn't look very soft. He looks no. kind of mean, you know?
1: No. I've <laughs> seen both sides. Come on, T-Lang. I'm calling you out. You big softy. Come on the podcast and discuss.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, too. I say that for Michigan. <laughs> underscore takes.
1: He's all the way in Arkansas. I say yeah. that for Michigan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and then leave a review and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. Is that that's it? it, right?
1: Yeah. Good job, guys. I, I'm,
0: I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Overtime Takes.
1: Love you guys.